RPG for You and Me presents a special Patreon miniseries. Welcome to Silica Valley. Okay, um, so you ended last session with you guys um, taking refuge again in the Sitter Scent, preparing yourselves uh, over the course of several days to venture down into the canyon proper, uh, into the Cobalt Tier. Oh, we got that map, too? Mm-hmm. Yep, you got the map from Shez. I don't have a fun name for it, but I'm sure we can think up something. Thank goodness he's good for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys are here in the remnants of the Cobalt Coast, which is a dilapidated town next to a massive Grand Canyon-style ravine uh, where the Cobalt Tier once was, which was a, a large inland lake. It's a sea of broken buildings, run-down, overgrown pavement and concrete, destroyed and overturned vehicles, um, with one large road that leads down into the ravine itself, uh, over which hangs a faint green mist. For the town's architecture, is it kind of like like a beach town, how some of the houses that are on like the shoreline have docks that go out to nothing now? Ooh, that's really cool. I like that a lot. You can have a Benny for that cool description. Already? Yeah, why not? Oh, what a gift. Yeah. Can I have a pony? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, and there probably aren't too many of them, or they at least concentrated here. You know, if it goes the whole way around the lake, then yeah. you can probably see them going off into the distance. Maybe retroactively, that's where the bandits were set up. Mm. I know, near one of those houses, but it's okay. It's past. It's we're past, past that. We're past. It's okay. It's Ray's cool like, stuff. oh, it's like at our camp. <laughs> <laughs> so we see uh, the massive ravine as the camera pans. There are dozens of waterfalls that create, you know, the fine mist settling over the valley itself. Uh, with a hue of that light green, uh, we see the main structure of the sit or scent, which is a sign that says visitor center with some <laughs> of the the letters having fallen away. Uh, the air is moist and salty being this close. You know, occasional small plumes of smoke, but those are certainly less now that you've eradicated the bandits up here. Is it was it a, a salt lake like a like a, a tiny sea? I think so. Oh, cool. It's kind of what I imagine. Without you know having to know the science behind whether it's appropriate for the environment. I mean, environment. listen, maybe the quarry made the water super salty. And see that, and that's yep, perfect science fantasy answer. Why not? We have established quarry salt in the main campaign. Yeah, no, I'm, so it's legit. I don't. Oh, I'm not bucking against oh, yeah. it. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah, the Great Salt Lake. Dang, so, you right, yeah. you right. No, I mean, that's where my head was going because I figure this area is. In my head, it's much like Utah. You know, there's a lot of canyons, ravines. Uh, vast expanses of open land uh, between them, but very colorful. I would love to take a road trip and just see more landscape. And we shall do that sometime. Hey, uh, could I make a survival roll to see if I can make this Cavaldus rapier that we were talking about a while back? The sky, the sky ray. 
Yes, absolutely. Can I make it sort of basically while I was waiting for her to heal up, I could have um, crafted this. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Go ahead and make and your survival roll. Had you already started and accumulated some of the successes towards that? No, I haven't. I don't think we've done any of that. Uh, I just um, slaughtered it, wrapped it up, and set it to the side. And we, you know, we're traveling, so I hadn't met, uh, messed with it yet. Gotcha. What are you trying to make out of it? A rapier. <laughs> yeah, we talked about basically it would base. Uh, I could charge it with PowerPoints, and then it would from my PowerPoint pool, and that would give it a, a stun effect. I think oh, kind of like Artificer. Yeah. 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 yeah that's I think really that's cool. So yeah, you can uh, charge it to add the stun effect to hit. Do you do you want it to be when you hit with an attack, or do you just want to be able to cast the stun power with it? Uh, when I hit with an attack. Okay. Then yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Basically, once it, it makes contact, it'll boom. It just automatically uh, drains it out. I think that makes sense. That's that's a fair trade-off to me, is instead of rolling against a static number, it's you still have to hit them with your attack, so... Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, go ahead and make your survival roll. I got a one and a two, so I'm going to spend a Benny. Okay. Oh, I got a two and a one again. Oh, no. I'm going to spend a Benny. I got a four. Nice. Is that including your plus one from your survival now? No. So that's a five. <gasps> yes. I would be willing to accept the plus one if you tell me how. The, it doesn't matter, obviously, mechanically. Oh, I mean, you could use a survival knife, cut the leather that I use for the, the handle, the grip, maybe carve some of the material away. You know, survival just using it. has a whetstone on it. <laughs> it might have a whetstone in the butt where you unscrew the, bo- the bottom cap and pull stuff out. Okay. It's got a whetstone. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, visually, are there any specific beats you want to hit with how it appears when you're holding it? Uh, I like the idea of it being like stark white and maybe it's like it's got like reverse serrations in it uh, coming uh, down it. The cross guard is carved out bone and then it's wrapped with the sky ray leather on the handle. Awesome. Yeah, so over the course of several days, you're able to uh, hone and refine this weapon. So we'll use the attributes for the rapier, which is, I think, a strength plus D4 weapon that also gives you a plus one to your parry. Uh, and then it has the stun effect on hit if you're charging it with your power points. Yeah. I think we said it, it takes an action to charge it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That sounds appropriate. So. Good job past us. Hell yeah. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Nice. Uh, is, there, <laughs> is there anything specific that um, Sia would like to do over the course of these days as she is recovering? You know what? I think she's practicing, practicing hand-to-hand combat to facilitate her advance, which I took sweep for. Ooh, right. Because she got the big tail for hitting stuff. I'm going to hit so many people all at once. Nice. That's the plan anyway. Heck yeah. Who are you practicing with? Uh, maybe she's practicing with Set, like with his new rapier. Or you could be uh, practicing with Ray. <laughs> and Shez. <laughs> she wants to hit that kid. <laughs> So hard you see this curvature of the earth giving her garbage healing goop. Listen, I can't help the crit failed. We get a couple shots of Sia and Set uh, practicing. Is there any particular way that you are uh, learning to use your sweep ability in terms of like forms or styles or? I don't know. I think 
she's come into this adventure with a certain set of violence knowledge purse you know what I mean sure but I think she remembers how the ray was moving through the sky and like those circular kind of sweeps as it was trying to turn and stuff so that's what she's trying to do oh that's cool so it's a lot of pivoting a lot of whacking maybe you're also kind of figuring out the angle of the uh, barb on your tail so that you can Mm. catch it in a slashing motion instead of a straight piercing motion Nice. That's pretty cool. So it's it's a lot of it's it's, it's like a hook precision. Almost. Yeah. 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 It's like Roadhog, <laughs> but attached to Get me. Get over here. <laughs> and uh, I would guess during this training session where I'm trying to avoid her sweeping attacks, uh, that would also uh, my fundamental agility will improve that one step that I needed to. Nice. Very cool. I like that a lot. Friends helping each other. In the background, uh, as you guys are sparring, we get a number of shots of Ray Bruiser as he goes about uh, helping with manual labor around the setter scent, just lifting parcels, moving them here, there, pulling things by rope, pack animal style items. Uh, But he will occasionally be seated watching you guys fight. Maybe he even steps into beer punching bag occasionally, you know, wielding his great hammer and using his own long reach to keep you at bay. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe there's a shot on like an evening where the sun's setting and we just see see a quietly plopping coin purse on like the railing of the balcony just to appreciate the sunset with her. Aww. Just holding on to him, making real tight, making sure he's all good. Blinks blearily in the sunlight. Questioningly up to you. It's a view. Well, what is your next move? Shiz does his best to help you guys feel at home over the next couple of days, but, uh, you know, mostly stays out of your way, does a lot of sitting around, not accomplishing too terribly much. Uh, I do have a question. Mm -hmm. What does it seem like he does? Anything? He keeps an eye on what's going on. He, He does a lot of sitting around and not doing anything. I see um, he's a delegator. He's a merchant. But that's probably fair. Yeah, he's a merchant. So there are occasionally, you know, strangers that pass through uh, who have things. They go in to hawk or trade with him. Um, that's what he spends a lot of his time doing when the opportunity is available. Hmm. Probably you guys can glean that they have a network of contacts that pass through here to barter items or trade or, you know, give them food drops, that type of stuff, uh, so that they can hold on to this position. She's got her eye on him. Cloud hair motherfucker. <laughs> so distrusting. <laughs> She's having some, some trust issues. He, as you and uh, Coin Purser, enjoying the view, he pokes his head out the back. You know, his fluffy white hair getting tousled in the breeze, and he says, Oh, hey, yeah, uh, you know, don't get too close because you can always fall in. That's not be bad. Uh, uh, there's a railing. Oh, I know. It's So I'm just saying the fact that there is a railing should tell you that it's dangerous and you should continue to be careful. I will not lean on it. Thank you, Shez. Okay, well, you know, don't deprive yourself of the joys of taking a load off. Thank you, Shez. Okay, have a good one. I'll just duck back in. She glares off into the sunset. You're not sure if it's because it's bright or if she has such distaste for this. days pass, you are both healed back to your zero wounds because I think we handled all that at the end of the last session. Yes. Mm -hmm. So whenever you are ready to proceed forward, we can do that. 
some great narration. Did you like that? I did. Oh, yeah. Very narrative. Uh, <laughs> quite narrative. Such great. Time <laughs> passes. <laughs> Time Things passes. Occur. The sun rises and sets. The night sky and the dew forms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like this very robotic narration. <laughs> yeah. Narration made by an AI. <laughs> it's watched, been forced to watch movies. Two. Using text-to-speech narration. Text-to-speech narration. Commencing. Love it. <laughs> Thespian bot oh, 4.0. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Encore. Encore. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess then we, we'll get a shot in the morning of them loading up. Dawn's breaking and sets just dusting stuff off, putting it in, securing it down. And could we see if we could uh, retrofit a, uh, a turret uh, into the the back of the truck? Ooh, that's a cool idea. Nice. I mean, yeah, you you know where the turrets would be, so I would yeah. say that would, and this can you know take place during those several days. <sighs> Probably a repair roll would make the most sense, right? To just be able to affix it. Also, maybe that other that. larger um, SUV vehicle that was here uh, mm-hmm. might have had one like in the in the bed of the truck as well. Mm, okay. So, yeah, we're kind of trying to turn this into a tactical truck. Definitely. Since there's three of us, we might as well have a gunner. <laughs> Good plan. Makes sense. However, you guys would like to approach that. I think there there would be a primary, you know, to make the repair roll, but other people could also assist with that. Ooh, could set assist by pulling the sand out while she's working on it? Sure, if that's how he'd like to contribute. Yeah, I could do, I could do an essence roll. Sounds good. Helping. Does Ray lift it into place? Oh, yeah, you could make a roll for Ray. What's his holding thing stat? Uh, <laughs> his, his strength is a d10. Damn! His athletics, I think, is probably a d8. So... And since this is a skill challenge, he probably uses athletics. He's not a wild card, so it would just be a D8. It's a one. Nope. <laughs> God damn you bastards. Well. So I went to roll my essence, and I was like, oh, I rolled a nine. Wait, not on my D8. I rolled a D10. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I got a five on my wild die and a three on my D8. <laughs> okay. So Set uh, will be able to give you a plus one to your repair roll. Unfortunately, Ray does not help with this in particular. That's he doesn't okay. hurt you. Actually, roll me a d6. It's not... Two. Okay, so it's not a crit fail. <laughs> Thank goodness. Okay, I'll roll my plus one repair. Do so. I see a, a one. Five. Okay, good. I saw a one. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> oh my. Okay, so success. Uh, so give... I'm not gonna, you know, make it more elaborate than that, but I think over the course of several days, you have time to work on this so you can... Uh, probably get you know the the turret up itself the main portions of it that would need to be affixed would be like the swivel axis mm-hmm. so maybe i'm doing the description perhaps you should oh no I'm you're ha- fine okay. i think um we get a couple shots of her towards the beginning like shaking her her little spot welder tool to make sure like to get the last of the the, the juice into the motor for it whatever the fuck that's called the combustion what is it on a welder i don't know uh, a welding machine would generally use, um, you can have oxyacetylene or it's a, a, an electrical charge hmm. to create plasma. Um, oxyacetylene probably wouldn't be used for this. It's actually more likely that we would we would bolt this into the bed. Hmm. Like where the, uh, the, the bed itself is affixed to the frame, 
you back those bolts out and then put the turret on those same bolts and just uh, okay. bolt it down that way. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That's cool. Yeah. So we just see her doing a lot of bolting. A lot of. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> a lot of screw driving, gimbling it around, seeing how easy it goes. Maybe some legally non actual WD 40. <laughs> All right, let me pull Penetrating up. Penetrating solution. Yeah. Let me pull up the vehicle chart. Basically, vehicles have a number of uh, free slots that you can put stuff into, uh, mm -hmm. at least if we use the sci-fi companion version of it. Yeah, there's uh, on page 82 of the suede, it has mm -hmm. uh, a vehicle notes as well, and you, one of them's a turret. It's at the the last one on the page. Oh, I see. The weapon on the turret has a, a turret and has a 360-degree arc of fire. And we picked yeah. up the turrets from the bandit camp, right? Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I was implying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Either the camp or cool. the one that you guys had blasted past before is fine. But you know where turrets would be. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. Um, I don't see a narrative reason to get into the nitty gritty of like how much cargo space you guys have at this time, because it, it isn't really important right now, but it, it will take up some amount of space in the back. Ooh, maybe they bring another one of the like extra turrets back to the sitter scent to have like instead of just a lone gunman. Ooh, okay. That's cool. Uh, looking at the vehicular weapons, they got a medium machine gun, heavy flamethrower. That's on page eighty where they're talking about. Yeah, that. I see that here. I'd say it's it's probably the just the medium machine gun for simplicity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's see here. I think when I was using the stats, I was using the machine gun stats on seventy five. I think I was using the Browning automatic. Mm hmm. But it doesn't ultimately matter that much. So yeah, we'll just use that. As part of that same repair roll, that can also cover you bringing the other one back to get a turret installed for the outpost itself. Cool. Poston uh, helps you assemble everything, and he says, "Well, this is a this is a bit bigger than some I usually use, but I think it'll probably do a lot to deter unwanted company." That's what we were thinking. Gives you a nod of approval. As he uh, starts to examine the the weapon itself for functionality. Could it be stabilized? It has stabilizer uh, on uh, page 82. Yeah, I think that's also fine. Okay. So stabilizer reduces the unstable platform to a minus one from a minus two. So it absorbs some yeah. of that kickback. It's not like an enormous minigun or anything like that. You know, it fits comfortably in the back seat. You can probably yeah, swivel it or it's even like just a, detach it as well. It's probably a mount to a browning rifle, basically. Yeah. So you, somebody could even take the Browning off and carry it with them. Hmm. It would just be a heavy machine gun that is a bulky weapon. Nice. Somewhat unwieldy on its own as well. But yeah, I think that's very cool. Ray is up there testing out the pivoting angle and just swiveling it around and seeing how it works for him. And it reaches down. You guys have an adjustable height to it so you can make sure that whomever is using it has the best angle for themselves. <laughs> we just hear it cranking like... Ch -ch -ch. Yeah, as like he that. raises it yeah. out of frame <laughs> just slowly go as you, you guys <laughs> yeah. are uh, sparring back and forth and we just hear the click click slowly going up in the back frame it's like hey I think I've almost got it is it usable <laughs> yeah I mean nice it's always been usable I, I just meant after I it doesn't matter <laughs> she's she's felt a little less sure about her repair abilities since good old sparky let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just a crit fail. 
Just a crit fail that exploded her a little bit. Just a little bit. It did give her armor some of the battle grit, you know, from an electronic foe. Well, luckily, there's no battery in this, so (laughs) you don't have to worry about it exploding in your face. Just a gun battery. Mm. That's not a cannon, so it doesn't... Bang, bang, bang. It's definitely the noise a machine gun makes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. I've seen them. They made they made those noises. Great foley work. What what about brack bracka bracka? Okay, cool. I got some stuff. We're kind of set up and prepared for this situation, maybe. Ooh. I hope. <laughs> Could we barter installing the turret for them for like maybe uh something that gives me more than plus two armor? I have a Kevlar vest right now. I don't know what my options are. As far as, like, maybe some leg padding or... Sure. Set, what is your uh, body armor situation? I know you have... I think you have plus four got... overall, or are you at plus six? Yeah, I got, or... like, standard body armor. Plus four from the body armor, and then I have my scales, which give me a sizable bonus on top of that. My yeah. skin. Is that one uh, of the Dillion bonuses? Or one of, the, like, a standard one? Yeah, it's from him being Karnik. I just remember there was a selection of them because my character wasn't a specific type. I guess technically I'm a, what's that, Ignin, but I, I yeah, kind of just built Those them. are more just like pre-gens. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I specifically made a few pre-gens just to give people flat options and examples of like the very basic archetypes, but they're meant to be customized, so. I mean, basically all the other races are pre-gens too for like human descendant mixes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I might I might go in and slice things a little finer to be like, here's like two subcategories of Ori and here's two subcategories oh, of Bell, cool. but I didn't want to do that by default just hmm. to make it like too complicated and I didn't have specific ideas at that time, but like the Nakir and Yara were originally going to be two offshoots of the same subspecies. Were they? Mm-hmm. That would make sense. And then, um, so kind of in my head, they still are to some extent because they fill a very similar uh, niche off of the base humanoid archetype. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. their their distinctions grew to such a point that they didn't have any direct overlap with like. You know, here's the common thing they both have, and then here's the things they have different. So I just went in different directions for them. But so that, that uh, my armor cool. is uh, the futuristic armor, uh, body armor. Um, okay. It's just a plus four bonus. Torso, arms, legs. And that's all I took. And that's like 200 uh, for that. But um, also, I mean, you could also take Keen's armor. Oh, damn. That's, that's true. true. Yeah, I want to do that. That lady almost killed me. She'd wear it out of spite. Yeah. Is it cool? Does it have a duster? I don't see. Yes. It it certainly can. Yes, absolutely. Wait, Uh, I don't want to draw a duster. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and don't forget the cloak things. That's true. I have my cloak. So you got got the the fluttery clothing covered. Mm. Out of character, I, I think she might have had less than four armor on there, but I'm cool with, you know... If you want to make a wealth die roll here, yeah, to see if you could maybe cover the cost of uh, alterations to it, or I feel like my maybe wealth that's something Shaz can do. You savage scavenge the armor that's at that base in general. There might be yeah. like discarded armor. Let's let's do that then. Let's have you guys try to scavenge or salvage from the base. Okay, should I still roll wealth to see? Yeah, I do. I do want you to roll wealth. I blew it up to a six. Okay, so Do you I can... keep going? Uh, sure. Go, let me see. Ten. 
Yeah, so any any cost that Shez asks, you know, for making the alterations, and maybe that's one of his hidden skills, is he knows some tailoring or son of a bitch. He's, he's good stitching. So that's what he does passively. He sews. Distrust. It's funny, and he's like, <laughs> so. It's yeah. one of his jokes. He'll just, he'll be sewing and he'll say that when you come talk to him and then think he's really so, funny. And, fucking guy. <laughs> Do you want to try and get maybe a uh, a ballistic shield or a riot shield? Ooh. I don't know how much she would use a shield if she's punching stuff. That's true. But like maybe oh. if there's, ooh, if there's a riot shield that she can like have sliced up and like made into like bracers and like like thigh pads, you know what I mean? So it's like see-through, like heated up oh. so it bends around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, but I basically so. you're, you're going to be using like riot shields and stuff like that to try and craft heavier armor and yeah. amend it to the other armor. So it's like, oh, you're going to start fitting in real well here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that conceptually. Um, that would still be part of like bumping you to the four points of armor. So that, okay. would, that would not be treated as a shield if you want to use it no, as a shield. No, I just want the armor. I just think it's cool. Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. Like the the heavy plexiglass stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can still see her arms and like, like her armor under it. Mm-hmm. I think that's neat. Yeah, that's really cool. I, like I think it also be cool because you know we're like improv like we're we're molding it and crafting it like so it's like like cut and sanded and then maybe it's like you can see where we used fire to like 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 it's like kind of like heat it up uh, and make it a little bit more pliable and malleable yeah, yeah. like so it, it gets that smoked look to it like um mm, okay. where there's soot still on it and all that type mm. of stuff so it's, it's like, like a getting plowing. really worn in like you're yeah. you're getting a, a full a full thing going on here. Nice. But what Shez does is so little, like, you know, moleskin, like the, you put in the back of your shoes and stuff so it doesn't rub too mm-hmm. much. I think maybe she hasn't put some around, like, the contact points, like, with her wrist and her upper forearms so they don't cool. chafe. Like it. Are you going to get a helmet? Hmm. Like a Kevlar helmet? or You know, I know that, um... This looks like you pulled it out of the garbage and in a way you kind of did, but it's still really going to be functional and I think you're going to be pleased with the results. Thank, if I thank might you, say so, I, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I like how your eyes become the- half-lidded whenever you do this voice. I have to get into character. <laughs> also, a motorcycle helmet will give you a plus three armor and there were motorcycles at the camp. I will take a motorcycle helmet. That sounds cool. Yeah go for it so it's, it doesn't stack with your armor it, that's okay it's basically aesthetically yeah so if if somebody is making a general shot or attack at your character is it is assumed that they will hit uh if you're wearing body armor they will hit your body if if you're not wearing full armor they could make a targeted attack against a limb or a non-armored spot to bypass your armor but not deal extra damage so i now, have plus four armor now correct nice do the uh, do the motorcycles helmets have the hard light uh, visor? Is that like common tech, or is it more like an old school one? I think that depends on the success of your scavenging. Oh which goodness! Which you would like to do that if you would like to see if you can find. You can definitely find an older one that would mm-hmm. be more battered, and you know maybe the visor is even cracked, but like the helmet itself is probably mostly intact. Okay. If you want to find something fancier, oh, that'd be uh, cool. I mean, if you had like a BMX one where the 
where you can wear your goggles that you already have just like over oh, the face cool. guard and the top of your head. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, that's cool. Also, you got a raise on your wealth die, so if you wanted to have that be part of your barter, whatever you want here is yes. aesthetically fun. I, I do want that BMX helmet. That's cool. Very neat. Maybe someday she can find some spray paint. <laughs> Make y'all creepy. Uh, can I throw just one of the riot shields in the back of the truck? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You've got space there's for them. A, there's a riot shield. You never know when it might come in handy. Are greaves? Greaves are for legs, right? Mm-hmm. The leaves are, yeah, your shin guards, and then the, what's what's the upper one called? They were, I don't know, it was in, like, uh, Morrowind, where they would label that part. Oh, oh, um, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the word either. I want to say it started with a T, but I don't, I don't think that's right. Uh, Cosses? It's, I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Oh, Cresses. Cresses? Cresses. It's like the French word for thigh. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you got to say it with an accent. Quises. Quises. But, uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> so writing down thigh greaves. Thigh greaves. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't wear armor on my head because I got spiky head. <laughs> I mean, your head is basically armor. Yeah, I'm, I've got scale armor on it, so. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Can you imagine coin purse with a little tactical vest? I would lose it. I mean, Shez might be willing to make one. Oh my god, he sews. Should we have him make coin purse a little outfit? Have you seen that that one where they have the chihuahua with a tactical vest on? No. Hey, Pickle. We're having Shez make coin purse an outfit. Oh my god. (laughs) Just so you know. (laughs) This is a gift. You know, I've never done anything quite like this before. It's kind of like making doll clothes. Less fabric, though. Yeah, I guess it's true. Can it be flexible so when he's she like makes him long and then squat? You see the problem. He, it's it's a squash and stretch. Gotcha. So you're looking for like spandex or maybe? Do you have any? <laughs> Uh, what do you guys want mechanically out of this outfit that I've missed? <laughs> I don't think there's any mechanics involved. It's just like giving him a molly vest. Can it be like a little biker vest? I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> like a uh, puppy cat. Yeah. Yeah, he can uh, be like, yeah, you know, I I got some fabrics. I got some stuff I can slice up for you. Nice. Stitch together. Could I have uh, studs on it? Uh, I, I found some pretty funny pictures of uh if you google chihuahua tactical vest there's plenty of them what i'm hearing now is you want uh, some sort of adapter so the coin purse can be the one shooting the gun obviously <laughs> a, little, a little mini turret i seat. mean we know he's an actual karnic just very small he's a very small karnic size negative three karnic or something he's <laughs> <laughs> so small so small I think the smallest size they really quantify as like an indi- an individual creature is like a size minus three, and it's like a cat or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah. Isn't now, that how going... small you got, Boreas? I think we went smaller than that. We oh, went smaller than we were supposed four. to. Very small. <laughs> so the size oh. table on page one seventy nine. There's a negative four, and it's for a crow or a mouse or a rat. It's under okay, that's what because we went to that for Boreas, but technically the growth shrink power only goes to size negative three. 
So we went mm. smaller than we were supposed to, but I call shenanigans. So. Yeah, I think for as a setting rule, we can get as small as we want. Sure. <laughs> we're going to Ant-Man you through Adams. <laughs> He's like, I don't like this. Right. <laughs> You're going to enter the quantum realm. You guys speak with Shez. He agrees to, over the course of several days, make a small outfit of your choice for coin purse. Uh, you've got the machine gun bolted, or the mount bolted into the back of the jeep. You've got the gun itself. You've got your new armor for Sia. Your new and improved honed skills. No wounds. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. And we got a map. And you have a map, yes. Could you guys make me a notice roll? And this is just for, like, over the course of the, the days you're there. Yeah, sure. I'm very good at noticing things with my D4. I'm slightly better with my D6. Nice. Uh, I'll Benny yep. this once. Okay. I got a four. Nice, nice. <laughs> An eight. An eight, okay. So... I want to say there's one, maybe two distinct occasions while you guys are here where you feel just a faint rumbling in the ground. Uh, specifically for Set, you feel that faint rumbling in the ground. See it with a raise. In addition to that, you could swear you hear somewhere on the wind drifting from the Great Canyon some sort of horn. A horn? Yeah, like it's, it's a vibration that is also coming through the air as well as your feet. Hmm. I think she asked that, did you, did you hear that? Hear what? Huh? Did you hear that? N no. It was no just what? echoing on up. Like a it's trumpet, like, but I, big and quiet. I imagine like you're on, I like this conversation happening, like you're on top of the turret, like twisting something, and I'm like underneath securing <laughs> the bolts under the bed. And you're like, did you hear that? And I'm like, I like slide out from underneath, like hear what? So, like, your vantage point was just that much higher, but as I'm laying on my back, I can feel the ground rumble underneath my back just a little bit and have a moment and then, you know, just ignore it or, you know, just, oh, something something big is moving around. Things move, whatever. Wow. Uh, but then, yeah, you ask about hearing something. I'm like, hear what? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I didn't make the, my perception roll, so I don't think I do. Uh... You didn't, you didn't get high enough to hear it but you got a base success so you definitely feel the especially with your power set you can feel the vibrations mm -hmm. going through the ground even faintly could i roll a common knowledge to see if there would be a large enough thing that would cause this or any uh geographical thing maybe common knowledge or survival i would say for you specifically to common knowledge or survival at a minus two i think would be appropriate okay yeah uh, yeah, I rolled a, a one total with the negatives, and so I don't really... It, no, nothing clicks. I just... Uh, sure. Hmm. What you would probably know is that if it, if it were a living thing, you know, making the ground shake, it would probably have to be a pretty, a pretty enormous creature, especially if it wasn't something near to you. But, you know, yeah. plenty of things can make the ground shake, so... Could be seismic activity, could be an explosion... Who knows? Um, I think if they're they're still fixing the car right now, so maybe she just hollers up to Poston from like the parking area and says, "Does the ground normally shake like that?" Let's try Poston's. 
Yeah, sometimes. Do you know what it is? He shrugs. I got no idea. I've never, uh, never gone down to the candy myself. I like to keep it that way. But that's where it comes from, so be careful. How often does it happen? Well, sometimes a couple times a day, sometimes once every several days. Okay, so the frequency is... It's not too spaced out, then. It just depends. Hmm. All right. Semi-regular, if nothing else. Well, thank you. He nods. Yep. She turns to set. What should, we, what should we do about that? I mean, there's probably nothing to do about it except keep our eyes out. And she opens her extra eyes at the same time she says that. We, we gotta be careful. Well, that was always the plan, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> it's, there's something big enough to do that. I, I don't... Uh, we get, get out of there. Don't get caught. Uh, don't make it mad. Uh, hide. If we see it, I'm carrying you up a cliff. I'm not going to protest to that. Uh, <laughs> but I don't want to lose the truck if I can. We can always go back for the truck later. If it's, or, oh. you know, a, a beastie, it probably just wants to eat stuff and that's us. But probably yeah, not but, metal. I mean, what'd you hear? It sounded like a horn or something, but far like, away. Like, like a car horn? Like, and then I like hit the horn twice on the truck, <laughs> like that. Did it sound like a car horn? I would say probably not. She not sh- like a car horn. Not like a car horn you've ever heard. She shakes her head with her a little frown screwed up to one side. Hmm. Not quite. It definitely had more of a a, a carrying like a quality bassy. to it. Yeah. Had to be loud to echo this far, though. Maybe they're... I mean, they said there are more bandits down there, didn't they? Big old machinery sometimes can do that stuff. Maybe they're excavating something. Maybe there's, you know, an old strip mine or something. Uh, I guess we're just going to have to keep our eyes open. So, uh, do you want to head down there in the day or in the night? You want to... Hmm... I mean, I can see pretty well at night, you know, with heat signatures. It's cooler, so I'd be more useful there. I think we should at least use the daylight when we have it. I don't want you to get too cold. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, let's let's head down. Let's head down. We'll head down in the day. But, you know, have enough electricity saved up in the generator to get us through the night. Because I yeah, don't think yeah. we should light a fire down there. Hmm. Unless it's in a cave. We're just going to have to figure this out, I guess. We're going to do great. Yeah, we'll we'll do. We'll do awesome. We're going to we're going to get this. We're going to find this thing and then we're going to find that old paddle boat or casino or whatever. Yeah, we'll figure we'll figure all this out. The glittering path. Mm -hmm. And I pull out the crypto tube and roll it in my hand and then put it back. What do you think it is? Is it going to be treasure? Is it going to be like just a big pile of money? I don't know. What was Alaricorp looking for? Out here? I don't know what what information you got, uh, but like what that was based off of, but it seemed like the only thing worth finding down there, so. 
Yeah. We'll see what, what you were looking for. I think it's probably just a scattershot looking for resources. This might be one. So I'm ready to, to cut to when we start actually heading down the... Let's do it. The, the path or the trail or the road. It's definitely a road. Or it, it appears to be that way now. Out of character, you know, obviously there was a large body of water here, so there would not have been a, a conventional road back in the day. Um, but the the downward slope appears gradual enough that somebody probably made it on their own using technology or their abilities. What, what I'll say is, as you begin to take the slope down, looking around, the elevation of the rocks and outcroppings is wildly inconsistent, especially at the front. It obviously gets deeper the further in that you go, and the further in that you go, there is more uh, variation to that as well. So you'll see some spots that are far more narrow, generally wide enough to get your vehicle through, and then there will be, you know, wider open expanses uh, where there is not as much stuff right around you. Are these like the red, red, red rocks? You know what I mean? Like the very red-orange I think that's cool. Um, this is a this is an opportunity where I'd like to get input from you guys on visuals as well, because I think that's fun type of world building for me. The baseline visual archetype is Grand Canyon. Mm. You know, it's it's deep, it's wide. Yeah. There's a lot of space down there with a lot of rocky spires that are just jutting up through this slightly green mist. The mist is not thick enough that you can't see through it. It definitely obscures things a bit. So visually, maybe like a minus two penalty, but it's not as though you can't see more than 10 feet. You can you can still try to see through it. But and there's, the, a, there's a stream down here too, right? There are waterfalls just all, all around, yeah, all over the place, emptying down into the basin. But yeah, there is a, a stream that runs from the mainland where you guys were that tumbles down into the Great Ravine uh, that then along with all the other waterfalls, breaks out into much smaller bodies of water that crisscross all over the place. So you guys are definitely going to be doing some off-roading. You're going to be driving through spots where there isn't a conventional road. Um, but a lot of the area here, it's very clear that people have have come before you and cleared out some paths uh, that lead deeper into the tier itself. I feel like maybe being so far down into the shade of the canyon there's like it's more definitely more humid because of the water but mm. maybe there's like a lot of vegetation that maybe we didn't suspect would be here because the fog like obscured our view definitely and you beat me to the punch on that because that is absolutely true yes uh, at least um when you when you hit a certain depth like it it goes from being rockier uh, and more barren to becoming more overgrown and lush uh, at certain spots, but there are still, you know, patches of what looks to be uh, more dead vegetation or places that just have not regrown yet. I'm going to speak broadly and just say that, you know, you guys are able to go down into the mists. The general effects of the mist are, you know, it, it muffles things audibly a little bit and it muffles, <laughs> muffles, uh, it obscures. Yeah, I've experienced that type of stuff in person. Yeah, it, uh, I, I meant uh, I stand by muffles for auditorily, but I was saying muffles for visual stuff again. <laughs> it muffles your eyes, but yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. Uh, but there's still like an eerie quality where you you feel like you can hear things from further away, but they're they're drifting distant. 
uh, and you're not actually sure how far things are. Hmm. Yeah, and you, you like have like that background rush of like the the waterfall in the background, so like like things are kind of echoey. So like the exact location of the sound is uh, coming from. It feels like it might even shift as as the formations uh, change shape around us. That's a great take a Benny for that because that's, that's a very great cool. Mm-hmm. After you guys have uh, been down here for maybe a couple of hours. Could you please make me a vigor roll? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My vigor is a d6. I get a four. Okay. <laughs> 16. <laughs> Wish you could see Allie's expression as she continues rolling her blown up dice. It's just so vindicating. It's she just goes ahead and breathes for all of us. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and then set, uh, if you would like to make a survival at minus two, and see, uh, uh, you could probably make a science. Do you have a science roll? I do. I have a d6. Go ahead and roll your science. Mm, no modifiers on that, right? Nope. So I got I a nine total? Nine total. Maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, set, you definitely noticed that there there is a different quality to the air here. Uh, after being down here for a couple of hours, in addition to the just the strange auditory perceptions that you're having, you can sense something in the mist itself. And I, even with a raise, I don't think you know what it is. It creates a bit of tanginess with your, like it prickles at you. It's something that you can't help but notice now that you've noticed it there. Yeah. That you've not experienced before. And even with the moisture, you're not quite sure what it is. Hmm. But it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. Like, is the tinginess or the, the prickliness, like, in my lungs or on my skin or, like, around my eyes? Do I feel it affecting me in a specific location? I think anywhere that you would have, like, open contact with the mist. So probably your eyes to some extent, um, you know, your nostrils and mouth, wherever you're inhaling, would be where it's predominantly centered. Okay, so uh, if once I notice that, I'm like, oh, I think there's something in the mist, and I put down my goggles and I wrap my scarf around my head more completely so I get that completely covered look. The only thing you see is my goggles and then the wrap all the way around my head. Mm-hmm. And then I pull my cloak up or over my arms, try and like cover my skin more and more as uh, as we're going forward. Definitely. See it as much the same, grabbing out a like a change of clothes from her backpack and just wrapping it around her face as a makeshift scarf. Okay, cool. Because I don't think she actually got a nice scarf from, from store galore. Mm. I think that crumbled to dust in her hands. Oh no. Yeah, it sounds like it could have happened. Okay. You did have your Skyray cloak. That's true. But I, she wants to, like, tie it tight, you know? Yeah. What is that? There's that, like, the t-shirt mask where you take a t-shirt and you put the, the neck hole where your eyes are. And then you take the sleeves and write, tie it behind your head. Oh, yeah. I'll speak at a meta capacity here. Your main goal for being down here is to try to find Fun Voyage. A beacon first and then to Fun Voyage, I think. Well, whichever seems to be closer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're going to go to the beacon if, it, if there's a signal being put out by the, by the beacon. Did we have the coordinates when it dropped? Like the last known location kind of thing? Yes. 
So, and that's mostly what I was asking is what, what your first plan was. Uh, I think you guys specifically do not have exact coordinates for where Fun Voyage is because nobody knows. Hmm. You just yeah. know that it was out here somewhere uh, and it's presumably still down here somewhere. Uh, but you do have coordinates for where the uh, the beacon would have crashed. Yeah, beacon first then if we have a definite location on that. Okay. And then uh, if you guys, not soliciting, but if and when you choose to use the map... Did we talk about the mechanics for that before? Uh, it's like a you open it up and it'll show the general area, and then it goes away after a little while, if I'm correct. That's generally correct. Yeah. If you open the map, you get a brief view of like the area around you. My mental picture is from the center of the map, there is a pulse that radiates outwards. So the finesse of using the map is that you, you can't just leave it open to see things. You have to open it. It needs to recharge, like you can only use it so often. But when you open it, you make uh, an appropriate skill roll to try to glean information. So I think before I said every success and raise you get gets you like one solid piece of information. I feel like even with a failure, you should get one. So just using the item will get you one piece of information and any success or raise you get on top of that would give you uh, an additional fact about the surrounding area. So as an example... You can be as broad or specific with it as you want. So if you're like, I want to see if there are humanoid creatures or something, you could try to make a roll for that. Or you could say, I want to see if there's any out-of-the-ordinary structures or something like that. So it just comes down to how you want to utilize it. That sounds cool. Yeah. So if you guys are uh, going towards the beacon, you definitely have uh, bearings, you know, based on the coordinates that you were given. So you can move in that general direction. We're looking for the coordinates. We have a relative idea where that is, but yeah, I guess, um, do you guys want to use it, uh, right now? That's up to you. You do have, co if you guys are going towards, uh, the coordinates for where the, yeah. the beacon went down, then like you have a direction to move in for that. So if you would like to use the map, you can, but obviously you don't have to. Yeah. I'm going to see if there's any, um, humanoids in the area. Okay. Survival or notice at minus two. Okay. Well. Uh, survival would be my go-to. And I get a four. A four is a success. What you see is, as the shockwave ripples out, you can tell that there are definitely humanoids down here. And, and with a four, you get a, a second item as well, uh, nice. if you want to determine what that is. You can see that there is a larger concentration of humanoids, you know, far deeper in the tier itself because we don't have an actual map in front of us, I don't want to like give you specific directions, but if we speak yeah. simplistically and say that you're starting at the south end of the tier, maybe you're heading to the northwest and that's where the beacon is, you can tell that more more directly to the north is where there's, you know, a bigger gathering of humanoids and mm. then there is a a smaller ping from further off to the northwest, like beyond where you believe the beacon to be. Mhm. Mm that's that covers one and then you got a success so you get a second piece of information as well so the first piece of information uh how close was that to is the the coordinates to the large group which coordinates the coordinates for the beacon yeah not very so you, there's a, a pretty sizable gap between where the beacon coordinates are and where that large group is stationed further mm -hmm. in the tier but then that yeah. uh, more soul humanoid ping is closer to the beacon than the group is. Yeah. Would a good second piece of info 
be if there are any obstacles that would prevent the jeep from getting to the coordinates we have. Like trying to get a gauge on like a trail. The, the, Is that what you mean? Like, I think so. Like if you're going to have to abandon the vehicle. Yeah, if we're going to have gotcha. to hoof it at some point. I would say that from what you can tell, when the pulse goes out, there are dis- a couple of distinct roads that wind their way around the tier and deeper into it. So that for most major channels, if you look hard enough, you can find a way to take the vehicle. And very specifically, uh, for heading towards the beacon right now, there's nothing that's going to get in your way for that. Cool. Cool, yeah. So it's basically a straight shot there. And I can I can add some additional information onto that later based on where you guys end up geographically. So I'll, I'll kind of allow that question to roll forward based on what you would have seen at this point in time. Cool. That maybe it's not important right now, but could be later. Hmm, I'm mysterious. I just like to speak broadly. Are you guys doing anything else specific or just still making your way to the beacon? I continue towards the beacon. That's number one priority at the moment. So there isn't a large group towards us. No one's like kind of in between the path that we saw. So then we'll just continue that way. More time passes. You guys have probably been down here uh, the better portion of the day. It's probably mid to late afternoon getting towards evening. Almost harder to tell how time passes down here. You can tell that there's brightness coming from above, but you can't always even pinpoint where exactly the sun would be in the sky at any given time. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the light is filtering down through the mists, but yeah, also like pretty... Indirect re- ambient light. Exactly, yeah. Indirect ambient light. I but there's some god rays, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. Occasionally. It's gonna make our CPU fucking shrug. <laughs> <laughs> but just as commonly, there are just these dark crags of rock jutting up from the bottom large shelves that, you know, act like sheer cliff faces, so there will be times where you guys are going through basically a, a small channel with very little room to maneuver before it breaks out into open air again, and all the while we can hear the echoing mists of the waterfalls. Um, Is the water down here like that mist, like the, the, the opaque, like sky blue kind of water? Like, that you get when it mixes in with certain kinds of sediments. You know what I mean? I think so. Like, it's one of my favorite areas in Dragon Age Inquisition, where it's, like, the place with the the doors for the shards that you're collecting. These beautiful orange rocks with just this this sheet of water. And it's, like, so pretty as a color contrast. Mm. That's so cool. Yeah, I like that. I like cool, clear water. Oh, well, it's it's the opposite of clear water. Less clear water. <laughs> cool, murky water. Murky water, yes. Sorry, Um, Marty Robbins. Marty Robbins. Time passes. You arrive at the general vicinity of the coordinates. This is an open area. I don't have exact dimensions for you, but there are no enormous outcroppings that sort of break your line of sight. So it is more of an open field. The lush vegetation does not seem to stretch to here. Everything that you see is more brittle. It's dark, uh, maybe just dead old vegetation jutting out at harsh angles, sort of crumpled in on itself at harsh angles as well. Just, um, you know, 45 degrees, more like that. Actually, make me, um, I'll say it's either going to be notice, survival, or science. Depending on what you guys want to use, let me know what skill you would like to use, and I'll give you a modifier before you roll. Could I use science? Okay, go ahead and make me uh, science at a flat roll. Five. Okay. 
What about you, Set? What are you going for? Uh, my notice and survival are the same, so... Okay. Well, then I'll say uh, a notice would be a slightly larger penalty than... I think a survival is probably a minus yeah. one. Yeah, I'll go with survival. Uh, I rolled a four, minus one, which is a three. Sia, um, with your standard success, you can tell that the the vegetation that is sort of like broken and dying here does not really look like anything you've seen before. They look like just tall weeds that have grown out in several stalks and are now just hanging limply against the ground. There are a number of thick objects that look like cones, like pine cones, except it's uh, more for a flowery type. And I, I'm going to describe this poorly, but there's a specific type of seed pod it almost looks like a brain with just a lot of perforations on it, and inside it, like, rattles. Like, if you shake it, oh, you can hear the seeds rattling around. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maraca. Sort of. So you can see uh, a bunch of those just lying around, scattered in the glade as well. And, yeah, it's it's just covering this area like debris, but far off at the edge of the clearing, probably closer to the only uh, rock wall near the cliffs here. You can see wreckage of some sort. See, it puts a hand out as they're all getting out of the truck. And she says, don't go near those plants. They're just... It's not the same as what we were going past, and there's really no reason for it to have changed. What, what do the plants do? Like, are they poisonous, or do they do something? Oh, I don't know. They're just different. Oh. E- enough that I noticed. I'm not really... I'm not a botanist. But... Generally, when animals are a little different in closer quarters, it means they've adapted to do something we don't like. Hmm. Okay. And as you guys, as the the jeep, you know, comes to a halt, and you guys are sitting here, there's just a very faint breeze that rustles through the glade, and you can see, you know, the the dead trimmings of the plants sort of rustling and bobbing like grass. Uh, but you do not hear any animal noises around here. Hmm. You do hear a, a slight rattling as some of those seed pods tremble against the ground. I don't like this. Maracas on the wind. I bet they sound like rattlesnakes, though. Why don't, why don't you launch a slingstone over there and see what happens? Oh, what if something wakes up? It's... Well, then we're in a good position to get out of here if uh, we need to. I mean, we could... I could just... How big is the, the thing that we're getting from the other end? It's probably difficult to tell from here. Make me a notice. Sure. You guys can both notice if you'd like to get a better idea. I got a three. Four. Wait, no. It's D4. My, no, my notice is just a flat D4. That was a four. Okay. I'm not applying the penalty to the mists here. From here, it's probably... You would expect that the wreckage is big enough for one person to pick up and carry, but it might be heavy. Okay. But you also, with a a regular success, you can only tell that something smashed over there. You can't really tell any specifics about it right now. Mm. Okay. You guys stay here. I'll leave my sling with you. I'm going to crawl on the walls over there and see if I can't just pick it up and bring it back without walking through that. Okay. Um, Yeah, you're going to be a bit isolated from us, so... But you're so quick. I can try to be. (laughs) 
Unless you want to come, I can carry you with me, but then you have to walk because I can't carry two things. Yeah, so um, I'd rather go from this side to that side than the other way around because we have resources over here. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, here I go. She just, at a run, launches herself up onto the canyon wall and starts picking her way over, like like pickaxes almost, with okay. her back legs. Sure. Just creep. As okay, so Set is uh, remaining by the vehicle. Yeah, right but I'm gonna okay. take my shotgun and pull out the two shells in it, and then put in two the two set uh, shells of sizzle shot. Ooh, nice. just okay, cool. in case. I mean, if these are dead grass, that would catch like a motherfucker. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, since you have wall walker, I'm not asking for any kind of athletics rolls to traverse your way over there. So you can easily make your way along the, cl- the cliff face, uh, circling around the clearing. From your higher angle, you can you can see the majority of this field here. And uh, it's not as wide as it appeared from the angle that you came into, so you can distinctly see the edge of the clearing. It's probably a total of like 60 feet across, but you just get a little bit deeper in the mists to see through it. Again, nothing nothing seems to be moving or uh, disturbing as you make your way over towards the crash. It is far enough away from the wall that you can't just access it from being up here. Mm-hmm. You you have to get down. But she got she got there. a decent ways over. Yeah, she I mean, feels good about that. It's it's the equivalent of like half a turn of movement to go down okay. and onto there. Okay, cool. She slowly creeps. She's trying to be light footed, light stepping. Mm-hmm. Cause if there's something out here that maybe hunts with tremors and noises and big big rumbles. Mm-hmm. She wants to make none of that if she can. Sure. So that'd be a stealth. That's definitely a stealth. Any modifiers? No, not right now. Five. So you make your way over to the rubble of the crash. Uh, You immediately notice that the bulk of what you are probably looking for is not here. Most of what remains here is just fragments from uh, the main thing that were flung off. You can see the divot that was made in the ground where it came to a crash is clearly removed. Hmm. Uh, The other major thing that you can see at just a cursory glance is right next to that, like within five feet, there is a circular divot in the ground that is going down just a little bit, almost like a pool of quicksand or something. Hmm. Can she uh, toss one of her sling stones down in it? Sure. Does it does it get sucked away? You, you toss it into the divot and it just plops right there. But as you're creeping in and as you throw that stone, you feel another slight gust of wind that rustles through. And from where you have thrown the stone in that divot, there's sort of a shudder that runs outwards through all of the dead vegetation uh, it all begins to twitch and uh, push itself up. Is this like a sarlacc pit? Uh, well, you realize that it's not actually dead vegetation. They're all spiders. Oh, no! So... <laughs> no! Um, so all around you, these uh, creatures begin to push themselves up on their stilt-like spider legs, uh, ending in the middle. I'm imagining they basically look like giant daddy longleggers, except... Instead of having the circular daddy longlegger head, it's like a Venus flytrap mouth. <laughs> and yes, they, they do sense your vibrations. Uh, they actually rolled a five on their notice. Damn it! So they, they <laughs> met your so spell, close. but then you also threw a rock, so that yeah, made it better, wow. too. Um, 
So yes, these uh, shudder to life and begin pushing themselves up and uh, starting to move to converge on your location. Uh, I thought this might be a cool opportunity for like a quick encounter. Okay. Um, quick encounters are super fun. Chase, have we done one of those on here before? I don't remember. Uh, I mean, I've, yeah, I've done them. I don't know if it was on our our stuff. Because usually, you know... I, I feel like we haven't done any for, for this yet. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I know you've done like some, uh, like maybe a dramatic task that was kind of like a quick encounter at the same time, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of crossover yeah. with how those are handled. I just like them. I think they're fun. Yeah. You just get to rumble. Yeah, quick encounters are usually when you want to resolve something quickly, when something sort of pops up spur of the moment oh, yeah. that hasn't been planned for as much, yeah. but something that's not quite as multi-stage as like a dramatic task. Yeah, I've, I've definitely it's a little bit more free used them so um, for like, uh, let's just do a quick encounter combat. I've got to wrap this up, guys. <laughs> and everyone roll their thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Right. Right away, you can tell that what you are looking for is not here. If you want to examine the area a little bit more, you would have to deal with the current situation. Checks out. Uh, which is currently opening up. So there is no initiative in a quick encounter. It's usually just based on your roles as opposed to antagonistic roles. Depending on what you try to do, I might give you, you know, varying target numbers or have you roll opposed. But we'll sort of take that as it comes. So... Set, you are on the far side of the clearing. You can still see Sia, like she's visible to you as she goes in there. You can tell that things are happening as they happen. All of these spider-like creatures push themselves up and start to move towards Sia as opposed mm -hmm. to you. So what do you guys do? Uh, I want to get on the, tar uh, the turret and like try and um, sweep to the area uh, to try and like break up the large group of spiders heading towards her. Absolutely. And you guys can act in uh, whatever order you want to. So if if you feel like your action might be contingent on somebody else's, they can go first. And situations can change. So if you declare something, then you can always go back and say you're doing something else. I'm so excited as he's set on a minigun turret. <laughs> Let it yeah. rip. Okay, so uh, Ray, is, Ray is back there. Um, maybe he gets down and is uh, peering out over the clearing as all or this. I could, or we could have... Uh, we could have Ray do that. I could instead use my essence to just try and like swash the debris around here to like like spin them up into a uh, like a sand tornado or something like that. Just try and clear the area of those things. Sure. Yeah. Your your um, action is always going to take precedence over what Ray does. So whatever Set would like to do is cool. So wait, how far away from me physically is Sia? She's probably the equivalent of like 30 or 40 feet, like about a round of 30 movement. 30 or 40 feet. I'd like to cast Abrasive Aura on her. Okay, cool. And that's a range of my sparts, which is eight inches on the board for me. Mm -hmm. So for double that, I can, it costs one more power point. For uh, triple that, it's two more power points. It's two power points on top of that. So yeah, uh... How many power points would I need to get out to her? What's your base range? Uh, my base range is eight inches on on the game board. Well, so eight inches is forty feet. Yeah, that's more than so enough. So you could you could do that with okay. one your normal cast. Okay, so yeah, then I'll go ahead and use uh, roll the cast. Um, use my essence to try and like use my powers to create a advantageous situation for her. Nice. Okay. And 
specifically using the spell place of aura, so like things near her would take uh, damage if they approach. Definitely. Uh, oh, I'm gonna so give... is that your is that your trapping for damage field? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm gonna actually give you a plus two to this roll because it is very thematically appropriate to what's going on, and she's facing a a group of enemies. Yeah. That plus two puts me at a five to activate. Okay, awesome. So that's and, a success. Yeah, so that goes up. And uh, usually the way quick encounters are handled is it's uh, aggregate successes uh, across all the party members versus either a predetermined difficulty threshold or something like that. So mm-hmm. usually if everybody gets at least a basic success, you've made your way through the encounter without any complications. Uh, I think rules is written if it is a combat encounter. If you get only base successes, then you come out with bumps and bruises, which is like fatigue that goes away after 24 hours. Uh, it's not quite as bad as a wound. <laughs> uh, if you get raises, then you get through with nothing. So I- I'm not going to play to that as this is how it will always go, because thematically, if you only get successes, you know, if it makes sense and I- I'm over explaining, it doesn't matter. We'll deal with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what does the activation of your power look like as you toss the aura on Sia? I like the idea of like, like jumping out of the truck, running up, scooping up some of the, the loose soil on the ground. I don't know if it's sand or if it's more, you know, loamy or whatever. I just grab that, run it through my fingers, and then throw it straight up in the air. And then at Sia's feet, the the soil type of the same launches up around her and starts spinning at like this, just this breakneck speed that is almost surreal. And um, you can see the vegetation and material around her is like being like scraped and scratched by this stuff that suddenly bursts into the air. And any of the spider-like creatures that are in there just immediately start like ripping their legs rip off and their bodies rip apart. And they just start like sprawling outwards as this concentrated whirlwind around her starts uh, forming up. I love that. That's so cool. The size of these creatures is quite varied. So the smaller ones are probably the size of like a dog or a cat. The bigger ones are closer to person, but maybe not even quite that like a big. a deer, maybe? Yeah, something like that. So there is a, a, a range. Did you know that Daddy Longlegs would be one of the most venomous spiders if they were bigger? <laughs> if, if they were capable of biting us, yeah. yeah. Well, I think they, they can bite. It I've just doesn't it doesn't break the skin because their teeth are so tiny. Yeah. I've heard that it's that that's uh, an old wives' tale, and then I've heard that that's actually true. So I don't know what the actual factual verification on it is. At us, don't <laughs> <laughs> don't at us. Uh, don't tell cool. us the truth. We we can Google. <laughs> see, uh, you feel this uh, aura whip up around you as the spiders converge, and you see their flytrap-like mouths, you know, start to open and snap towards you. I think you see a lot of the abrasions start to get into their mouths as they're going to snap you, so they start snapping preemptively Ooh, because they nice. feel the the pressure triggering against their maws, which is creating even further confusion and uh, buying you a lot of defensive posturing. She sees these spiders coming up, and the sand whips up around her, and she's just like, no, 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 and just starts twirling around to whack them with her tail. She does not want to actually touch these things with her hands. Okay, so you're going to use fighting. Yes. Uh, uh, Because you, of how you just described it and the fact that you took sweep, I think that's also a plus two to this, given that you're fighting a group of enemies. Well, normally my sweep, it's not advanced sweep, so it would be minus two to hit multiples. Gotcha. Well, because this is thematically a quick encounter and not a specific combat situation, I'm going to say it still gets the plus two. Thanks, Peckle. 
And fighting sorry, this is a plus three for me. Oh my. Oh my, yeah. That was that was a one, but this turns into an eight. Okay, so that's a success with a raise. So you guys got three successes out of the two necessary, which is a, a little bit better than average. So I'm gonna say I, I don't I don't wanna give you fatigue for twenty four hours. Thank you. So I, I think you guys uh, cleared that pretty easily. You wanna give me a description of your tail wagon? I feel like she's kind of stepping in a way that could be similar to a housewife seeing a mouse in like the 50s up on us, just tippy toeing and is just frantically like whacking. Like Jerry. Yes, like a Tom and Jerry. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. She's turning around and just, I think she whacks one so hard, its head joint pops off. Oh, yeah, that would not be very difficult for you to do. I don't think so. They seem th- fragile. They're quite brittle. Yeah, I mean, they're they're spiders. Spiders are... Well, I guess if, if a spider was much larger, it would probably have heavier exoskeleton armor, but these do not. So these are brittle spiders. Between the two of you, you can certainly handle it. If you direct Ray to do something, he will. Otherwise, I think you guys... He's not going to start pouring bullets into a group that he can't see through, right? Right. So there's now a whirlwind around C, and she's spinning, and there's too many enemies. So if left to his own devices, he's going to choose to not shoot the machine gun at her because, you know, love interest. Yeah, I'm going to not instruct him to do that either because that's a waste of bullets. Probably picks up his sledge and and starts going to work. Oh, let me all all roll (laughs) things. Oh, it blew up an eight. Oh, my. He He got a 13. You guys cleared without him. But uh, he is not happy about Sia being in there on his own, so he starts wading in and just smashing these spiders to pieces with his great maul. I I have a, a question. Yep. Well, it's more of a an adventure card oh my. than a question. <laughs> is it love interest again? It's not. Yeah, I double play love interest on Ray to He's free him from this woman. He swoons. <laughs> this adventure card is Angry Mob. A mob of angry locals, two per hero, join the fight. Whether they are friend or foe depends on the situation. The text is burn the witch. Oh my gosh, can I see that? This is a new one. I've never seen this before. So angry mob. A mob of angry locals about to per hero join the fight. Whether they are friendly or foe depends on the situation. Hate to tell you that they will not be friendly. Are you sure? Yes. Didn't Shez follow us down? He did not. What a coward. (laughs) Well, he didn't play love interest, so what's he going to do? I'm sorry, Chase. As you guys are clearing your way through the remnants of these spiders, when it becomes clear that uh, they're not going to be overcome you, any remnants that have uh, survived this onslaught just scatter. You see them climb up and away on the walls or, you know, just disappear off into the mist. And then there's just, you know, the broken bodies of the the dismantled ones around you. And uh, as things are starting to settle and you're able to... You guys have a moment here to examine the site, if that's what you would like to do. Sia gives her companions a terse nod, terse, mm-hmm. focused, and she's going to look more at this scrap heap and uh, see if there's anything she can salvage off of it, like some extra screws or any components that wouldn't be common. Oh, uh, one, I forgot one detail. As things got a little bit more heated uh, during that combat, those cones that I had mentioned earlier you note that some of them on the ground uh, started to rattle with the increased vibrations and movement in the area, and that um, it started to build to a fever pitch until one of them basically exploded in a mini-sonic boom. 
had you guys make your your rolls earlier. I think with with your rolls, I can't give you any further information, but that one of them exploding leads to another one exploding, and it's just like a series oh, no. of these small sonic booms that go off. That's cool, though. Nothing that's deafening, but def- there there are pops and cracks in the mist that seem to carry more than others. Out of character, I will tell you guys that. I thought the the fun hand wavy science reason would be that for some reason these things transfer energy more easily between their atoms. Um, so like when mm-hmm. sound vibrations hit them, they vibrate more chaotically, and then you know just sort of ping pong off one another and create these compounding sonic booms that build to a fever pitch and then explode outwards. That's very cool. With their seed rattles. As opposed to actually being seed pods, I was going to say that they were like the heads of the spiders. That like when they die, the heads like curl in on themselves and become like these little pods that... I didn't figure out the details on that, so... (laughs) Hello, Dark Souls enemy. Right, so... (laughs) Didn't uh, didn't come up with all the details on that, but thought it might be cool. It is very cool. So as the fight is winding down, a few of those pop off, uh, but then silence falls for the time being. So you said you're going to examine what is left of the wreckage to try to see if there's any salvageable items? Yeah, just at a quick glance. Like, I don't think if they made that much noise, she's like, we shouldn't stay here too long, right? It's not It's not here, by the way. This, it got gutted. The beacon. Uh, there's any... Is there... Uh, I wonder if there's... I'm going to look around. Uh, Me too. And then set. I'm going to roll for... Uh, I'm going to try and see if I can... There's tracks or anything that indicates a direction where the salvaged material was taken. Yeah, definitely. Because I imagine it's heavy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Set, go ahead and make a survival. Sia, for purposes of salvage, that would be a repair or a, a notice maybe at minus two. Uh, I could do a repair. That'd be kinder to me. I just, I've just i been trying to make sure that uh, the skill categories are a little bit broader so that I'm not just asking for like the same role every time. Yeah, I think it's neat. I, I like you as players being able to be uh, more fluid with how you approach stuff. Five for repair. Five for repair. Um, I think what you can tell is that a lot of the... A lot of the good components have already been taken. Like, everything that's left here is just scrap. There's nothing useful, uh, which is telling, like... If somebody came here and took the thing, they obviously knew what they were looking for. Right. I got uh, an 11 Ooh. or a 12 with my survival goodness. life. How does your survival life help you in this situation? It's my favorite minigame. Trying to see if I can pick up the cardinal direction from the uh, compass in the butt because I'm kind of disoriented from this whole area being, I don't have clear sight of the sky. It's all so strange to me. But like just like flipping the knife over and seeing if it, if it points me towards a direction I want to go. Definitely. Or what like what I see on the ground and then coordinating that with a direction uh, onto the compass. So you being over here also noticed the same divot that Sia did in the ground. Just kind of looks like a little quicksand spot with uh, the stone that she had tossed into it. You don't mm-hmm. see any conventional tracks on the ground, but especially with your innate sense of, you know, dirt and particulates uh, combined with your survival knowledge, you can tell that the the disturbance in the ground actually goes beneath the ground and moves off to the north. Uh, and after following mm. it for not too long, uh, you find a second spot identical to the first that looks like another one of those quicksand divots to the north of the clearing. And from there, you very easily find a, a set of tracks 
that um okay see here there are uh, two long lines of perforations in the sand or the you know the the gravel that head off to the north Dis- distinctly not human tracks so something drugged this because they're not they're not footprints they're not creature prints they're dragged lines um uh they're perforated line with with an eleven in survival. You can tell that uh, there was definitely a creature of some sort here. Man, with with an eleven in survival, I'm just gonna straight up tell you that you think this is uh, some sort of arachnid or scorpion creature. Probably okay. Something with many tiny feet that could leave a yeah. It takes lots of small steps, so it like kind of chops up the ground. But uh, but also not the spiders that were in this clearing. Bigger than anything you guys saw here. Because you would have just seen those tracks. Yeah. Like a giant centipede or a scorpion or something like that. Something with a lot of legs. A, pro- a, a good amount of legs, but it's not like a millipede. It's not like uh, it's just a straight line. Like you can, you can tell the divots are there. So there is spacing out with your very, very good survival roll. Yeah, as you guys are looking around the clearing here, you begin to hear uh, more shouts from the distance as voices converge on your location. You also hear uh, a trumpeting blast that rings through the air and echoes uh, off the mist and the cavern walls around you. And this is very similar to the noise that you guys heard uh, when you were up at the Sitter Scent. And then uh, from opposite sides of the clearing, uh, I think two on each side, you see hulking forms appear in the mist, uh, and you note that there are riders atop these forms. Oh, good. And then uh, a voice from the south calls out to you. Hail, travelers. You found yourselves lost down here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with us. First up, I would love to say thank you to our gracious patrons. Thank you to Chase, Valentine, Ezra, Nakota, Jackie, and Jade. Chase, especially this episode, because without Chase, Silica Valley would not exist. Thank you so much, Chase. Thank you also to Caleb Sunstead, Zach, Ben Hatton, Paxton, Gerald, Alex, Davriel, Ellis, and Zane. Thank y'all so much. Your support genuinely helps us make every new episode for you. It means so much. Our music this week was by Crockett and Marcus D. Crockett you can find at Crockett80s on Twitter and Crockett.bandcamp.com. Marcus D. you can find at Marcus D. on Twitter and at MarcusD.net. Savage Worlds was created by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and you can find them and their products online at peginc.com. You can find us at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. We'll see you in two weeks.